Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, if you happen to visit Loch Ness in Scotland and you see something odd, who are you going to call? The answer is Gary Campbell. 26 years ago, Gary set up a register for Loch Ness monster sightings. Gary, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And when you had your uh, um, sighting on, uh, on Loch Ness, Gary, what did you see? <laughs> well, I saw nothing very spectacular, it has to be said, Sean. I, I saw a, a small black hump. Um, 10 to 12 feet long coming out of the water, maybe about a quarter of the way across the loch, which is about a quarter of a mile away. Um, I thought I was seeing things, I just dismissed it, but then the thing came out again very quickly afterwards and it went back in again, so there was definitely something there. It had no head or eyes or teeth or anything, it didn't look like a dinosaur, but it also didn't look like anything I'd ever seen in a Scottish loch before. So I thought, right, okay, I better go and report it. <laughs> so, so that was it. So from having been in a position where I wasn't overly interested in the Loch Ness Monster at all, I was then completely intrigued by it to find out what I'd seen. Yeah, and of course you then discovered that uh, there was nowhere to report it to, so uh, you set up uh, your own uh, register. And over the years, Gary, the, like, the, how regularly do you get sightings? Or is it, is it kind of, is it depend on the time of the year or other circumstances? It's, it's well... We get them regularly. They come all the time. There is no discernible pattern at all. Uh, And it's the same with the loch. The loch is vast. It's 24 miles long. It's it's very, very deep. And there's no one place you would see that that you would actually go to to see Nessie. Mm. Uh, But it is affected by the the climate in the north of Scotland here or or the the hours of darkness. So, So during the summer, there's a lot more people here. There's a lot more visitors. And the days are very long, almost in the middle of June. It's almost light all night. And at the same, at this time of year, you know, it's dark by four o'clock in the afternoon. So just by dint of the number of people that are here in the summer and the long days, there tend to be more sightings reported in the summer. But uh, but as I say, there is no real pattern. Many people have looked over the years to try and pinpoint the time of year that's best to see Nessie or the best place to see Nessie and nobody's come up with it yet. Right. And, and the sorts of sightings, or I suppose let's start with the descriptions of it. You said a hump, as far as I'm aware, Virtually all the uh, reports of, from people who, who say they've seen that he says this is a creature with a hump. So is that universally the case? No, it's not. There are two distinct types of sightings. Um, that's what I saw, which was a, a hump coming out. Just almost the best way to describe what I saw and what other people talk about is like a mini wheel, something coming out and going back in again, mm. the smooth back. The other type is like a head and an neck or something sticking out of the water, almost like something sticking up and out and looking. And there are there are some really good... I mean, if people go into the website and look at it, Loch Ness sightings, they'll see one from 1997, a chap called Richard White, which is a very, very good example of that. He took a series of 10 photographs of something coming out, looked like a little telegraph pole and going back in again. And again, that was a similar to the one in a, girl, a young lady called Charlotte Robinson five years ago saw the same type of thing. So there are two very distinct types. There's humps and there's something like a head and a neck sticking out. But that's really it at the end of the day. These these are the two these are the two that people see that have got credibility. Mm. And these sightings, are they from any, like as you said, the, the, um, the lock itself is huge, but is it from any position around the lock? Yeah, the thing, I mean, obviously where people are more, where people can gather, uh, there, there are probably more sightings. So there's a castle in Loch Ness called Achat Castle gets over 600,000 visitors a year, so we get quite a number from there because it's a, 
a vantage point that people will go to. But there is no pattern. But the problem with Loch Ness is that the you know it's got very steep sides. It goes goes down very rapidly. There's and and actually there are very few public access points onto Loch Ness. And there is a road that goes up one side of it. That's I mean the main road between Glasgow and and Inverness goes up one side of it. But the other side of it has a road part of the way, but not all of the way. So there are large parts of the loch where maybe Nessie's you know, hanging around by the shore and there's nobody there to see it. Right, OK. Now, and over the years, have you developed a criteria? Because I assume every now and again, somebody, some smart arse is going to go, I, I'll say I saw it and they've made it up. So is there some sort of criteria there? Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because there are very, very few hoaxes. Uh, because at Loch Ness, it genuinely showed it, 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 it's truth is stranger than fiction. You don't have to make anything up here in this part of the world. Uh, and, but what we do is we get a lot of people who mistake things or they just don't know. So we, we the, the process is people send in a sighting. If there's no photograph with it, we take it at face value because we take it that people have seen it, uh, seen something unexplained and, and we just note it and we put it on the register. But with the advent of smartphones over the last 20 years, pretty much everyone's got a camera or a video camera in their pocket and they send that in and then we apply the criteria. Is it something we can explain? And I would say between two thirds and three quarters of the reports that we get, we can actually explain away whether it's a boat wake, whether it's a bird, whether it's a deer. And the current favourite, unfortunately, is paddle boarders. They, they spend, we spend a lot of our time explaining to people that that blob in the distance is one of the many paddle boarders who now go into Loch Ness. Uh-huh. And over the years, though, Gary, what are the most compelling evidence, uh, uh, examples of evidence that you've received? Um, I think that the two sightings that I talked about, you know, Richard White in 97, Charlotte Robinson in the, the, the late 2018s um, are very compelling. I would say that the the sonar evidence that, that has come up over the years, and we've got some examples on the web as well, that you get blobs that people are picking up something that's in the water when they go back there, whatever it is, is gone. And these sonar contacts tend to be where there are no fish and are no eels, which is about halfway up the loch. So there's eels and, and a, a, a species of fish called Arctic charlib at the bottom of the loch and the migratory fish, salmon and trout, and such like it, at the top of the loch. And there's this big 600-foot void in the middle and people pick things up on sonar there and we just don't know what it is. Mm. So a combination of these and also... More recently, hydrophone work with people that's underwater microphones listening and getting strange sounds in the loch as well. So these are the ones. And you just hope that someday someone will come up with something definitive. Yeah. Now, like you've been running this registry for 26 years and mm-hmm. uh, people have been spotting the Loch Ness Monster for probably a lot longer than that. <laughs> do you, well, I, my question is, do you think it's one creature or maybe this is like the, the child of the Loch Ness Monster, if you see what I mean? There might be more than one of them. I think I think it's a great great grandchild because actually it's one of your good countrymen, one chap called Saint Columba, that came to convert all of us heathen Picts here Crikey. in Scotland back in five sixty five, who is accredited with the very first sighting of something in Loch Ness, and it was written about in his in his biography by by Saint Adomnan about a couple of centuries later, where he he had heard of this fierce creature in the loch. and he 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 created a situation where he'd seen the creature and he used the power of the cross to put the creature back into the loch. They're showing the power of Christianity to the local Pictish king um, and, and 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 saying to them, well, the spirit, the spirit of, of, of God is more powerful than the spirit of the, the water spirit that you currently that you currently actually all worship. And that, that was documented at the time and it's been sporadic ever since. So I think we're talking about great, great, great grandchildren here of, of Nessie because I doubt one thing has actually lived all that time in Loch Ness. Yeah, but, but that would also imply there's more than one of them. Unless this is a yeah. creature that can 
Yeah, it is. I mean, and and people talk about, oh, the family nest. Yes, there must be. But if you consider, we talked about the size of the loch, the the volume of Loch Ness is vast. You could you could hide the volume of the world's human population in Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Eight billion people could be the volume of eight billion people could be hidden in Loch Ness. So if you're looking for two or three hundred twenty foot monsters, they've got a long, a, a big, big place to hide. What does your gut tell you that it is? Simply don't know. I don't. I think that all the the, the theories that we hear, which is it's a ghost or it's a dinosaur, um, you know, or it's a portal into another dimension, we've heard every one of them. I think that these can probably, from a practical perspective, be discounted. Uh, the dinosaur one certainly, because Loch Ness was a block of ice ten thousand years ago, so something couldn't have survived in the Jurassic Age into Loch Ness and survived today. I think it's got to be a, a species of eel or fish um, or some other creature that lives in a in a, in a in an inland water in a freshwater environment, and maybe it's a new species we just don't know about, or maybe it's a mutation of one or two of these. And um, what I will say is we've had reports of eels in Loch Ness that are up to twenty feet long. Mm-hmm. So people can 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 make their own their own assumptions about that. It's fascinating, nonetheless. Gary Campbell is the, the founder of Loch Ness Sightings. Gary, thanks a million. No bother. Thank you. Moncrief, brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.